0: guys, welcome to my second episode from my podcast, Introvert Nation. My name is Sade Smith, and yeah, as the podcast says, I will talk everything about me being an introvert and just document my experiences um, of being an introvert, being a woman, being a woman of colour, living in London, the crazy town of London, <laughs> and... um Some of the challenges of being an introvert when you are trying to strive for, you know, career goals and all the challenges that come with it. But in this specific episode, I'm going to be talking about, um, which I've always wanted to talk about is being a black woman and being an introvert, and is that such a thing? Now, obviously, I know that you can be a black woman and introvert because I am, but I think. In wider society, based on how black women tend to be represented, it it is a surprise when you do hear that a black woman is introverted. Because in media, you will off media, Hollywood, you know, pop culture, you will always see the black woman being portrayed as, you know, very confident, almost overconfident, domineering, overpowering. The, the click click, the tap um very kind of aggressive, over-assertive. And that's what I think a lot of people are used to um, black women as being represented as. And when you aren't that stereotype, sometimes when you are moving in environments that aren't predominantly black, they have that preconception that you are those things and when you aren't those things, especially in an office environment, they don't know what to kind of do and they don't know how to interact with you because you don't fit their preconceived stereotype. So, you know, when I'm in the office, I'm not the bubbly one. I'm not the over charismatic one. i um, I pretty much just like to be at my computer and chill and not really talk to anyone, which sounds really bad. Um, Yes, days I will be socialising with my colleagues, but, you know, like I said, my core is just to be and do my own thing. I can socialise and interact, but it's only for a small duration of time. I could not do that 7.5 hours of the day because I have done it before. Um, And I just end up feeling so tired, so exhausted, all my energy just sucked up. So for me, and I think that's another, I guess, misconception of introverts. It's not that we don't like being in social situations. It's that there has to be boundaries. Like, I couldn't just go to... um, a house party and be there for the whole time speaking to people going from one person to other person to the other person to the other person I would just find it so draining so it's it's all about being boundaried how many people you're speaking to how long for me it's how long I am in that situation like I can have great conversations with people but it, it couldn't be for a prolonged amount of time I kind of have to get in and get out to just get my energy reservoir back up um, or I just feel exhausted. But going back to being a black woman, like I feel like when I am in situations, whether that be in the office, work, you do have people um, who do expect you to be loud, domineering, charismatic, um, the life of the party, because that's the stereotypes that they've seen of black women. Or also, not just in a social aspect, but kind of your competency. So they expect you to always be on point, have everything organised. Um, if someone else is failing, you can pick up for them, for their slack. And um, you're just, you just always have to be on your A game. And I, what I will talk about in the next segment is probably where that's come from. Because I guarantee you, when you speak to black women who are very successful or very driven, the standards that we put on ourselves is crazy. Like the pressure that we put on ourselves is crazy as black women. And I speak for black women, because I'm a black woman, I'm not speaking for all of them. But generally speaking to my friends, like the expectations that we put on ourselves is so high. And the pressure that we put on ourselves is so high. So no wonder... You know, mental health issues, anxiety, depression is very rife within black women, um, which needs to be talked about and addressed more. Hi, guys, welcome back. So before I was talking a little bit about... um, as black women, the high expectations and the pressure that we put on ourselves. And I definitely feel that warrants another podcast where we can, like, discuss that further in detail and um, because it's such an important um, area. Um, you know, I worked in mental health, specifically, I'm digressing now, but on mental health wards. And I was so shocked to see how many young black women like, I'm talking about the ones that had finished university, been overachievers throughout their whole life, being sectioned in inpatient settings. Um, and what I found was, like, there was always a trend in the sense that they had been overachievers, they'd work hard, and they had finished university or was, like, in university and they just couldn't deal with the pressures because these high expectations that were put on them from their family, from society in general. And it ultimately um, ended with them being sectioned in hospital um, because they were trying to harm themselves or tried to kill themselves because they couldn't deal with the pressure and that they were putting on themselves and they didn't know how to access support earlier. So I'll definitely... You know talk a lot more about that in another podcast because it's such an important um area, and it's still going on now till this day. but if I go back to kind of my introversion, I feel looking back um how I was brought up and my culture has played a huge part in the development of me being an introvert or having introvert tendencies, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think it's interesting to see where um my introversion has come from. So, like I said before, I was raised in a very matriarchal um, Caribbean um, family. Um, I guess generally like within Caribbean culture as a child you learned like not to butt into people's conversations especially older people's conversation. So if I if there was a group of elders, adults in a room in the front room talking and I'd come in I wouldn't just insert myself in the conversation because that would be kind of perceived as being very rude and you would definitely be told about yourself. So I guess I was always like quiet around adults and I also had I don't know, I always felt a bit uncomfortable engaging in like a, a, a conversation with the adult because I guess it was respecting. So it was more kind of like, I guess, like a, a didactic intera- interaction, which just basically means like the adult would be the more domineering one and I would be the more submissive one. I would be taking instructions. Um, we wouldn't be having an equal conversation because I guess that would not be <laughs> respectful. Um, like I wouldn't challenge something my mum would say or challenge something another adult would say um, because I wouldn't agree with them because that to me would just be deemed disrespectful Um, also kind of like schooling I remember my mum always saying like when you're in class like don't be like loud Um, don't be challenging the teacher like Everything the teacher says is right. Just keep your head down. Don't make too much noise. So I think, again, that fed into the idea of, like, not feeling comfortable um, engaging in conversations with people, especially older people and, I guess, people in positions of authority. Um, I definitely feel like I took a very much subordinate role in kind of primary school, secondary school. Um, A-levels, first, second year of uni, and then to the last year of my university, I was able to develop more confidence. But it was the idea of, you know, you go to school to learn, you're not going to school to debate or challenge your teachers. And I think, I guess that's the difference between, I don't want to make a wild um, generalisation, but like my school and say a private school because when I went to university I went to a Russell group university so there was loads of private school kids there and the way how I interacted with my lecturers was very different to them like they had that approach of you're doing me a service whereas I was more like I'm so grateful to be here and uh, listen to what you have to say and soak everything up and I think that led me to feel very uncomfortable in social situations um generally when speaking with Yeah so this this th- those kind of two things like not inserting yourself in conversations with other people um not speaking until you've been spoken to and again like in school like not making too much noise just keep your head down and listen to everything your teacher says so I think those, those, what I learned in them situations, I transferred to social situations. So, you know, even now to this day, if I'm in an office and, you know, there's a group of co-workers having a chat and I come into the office, I won't just insert myself into the conversation. I would only kind of like partake in the conversation unless someone like was like, hey, Shade, what do you think? Or um, they involved me and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, and sometimes it can feel quite uncomfortable if you're in an office full of people cracking joke, and you're just at your office, in, in your space, and you're not really interacting, and I feel, for me, I would just feel like awkward, um, and almost disrespectful just to insert myself into someone else's conversation, especially if it's a group chat, but if you know, I was asked, like, what my opinion was, or I was brought into the conversation, I'd be okay. So, again, I think in that situation, I think my culture um, grown up plays into that. And then, secondly, also, when I'm at work, like, I remember... Uh, so, when I used to work on the inpatient wards, um, I remember, uh, like, I'd have to do ward rounds. So, ward round is just basically when... The doc the consultant psychiatrists, the junior doctors, psychologists, um, social workers, occupational therapists, um and the mental health nurses, which I used to be um before um, I went in to do my training as a therapist. Um, you would have to present your your patients how they've been over the week. And I would just be so nervous, especially like presenting to a psychiatrist because obviously he's the consultant he's the one with the power and um I just used to be so nervous and looking back at it I think I was so nervous because you know this was a, a authority figure and sometimes I'd have to um challenge the psychiatrist some things that he would say I wouldn't agree with or I would I would agree with but I just felt like when I used to start, when I first qualified as a mental health nurse and I was presenting board um, rounds, I would just feel so nervous. I would feel so nervous. And that nervousness came from just me having to be in the presence of an authoritative figure and have a conversation with them and maybe agree with them, maybe not disagree with them. But I just felt so nervous. And I think that ties into again, my background, just like not being comfortable with authority figures and not wanting to speak up. So that was another thing that I found difficult um, in terms of my work area. I think personally, my introversion affects me more within my work life as opposed to my personal and social life. Um with people that I know. I think my introversion really plays up, and I feel like I get super awkward when it's in a work environment. Because I, I don't I guess when it's personal, you can kind of pick and choose your boundaries and really control them, but within a work environment, you don't have that control. So I found I find that particularly <laughs> difficult, and I feel that's when I get my most awkward again when I'm around new people when I'm around, um, a large group of people that I'm not familiar with. Um, so if I go back to, like, like, being black and being a woman and being introverted, of course you can be those things. And I think for a lot of the time, like, I wanted to kind of, like, go away from my introversion and deny my introversion because, I was black, and I was meant to be confident, I was meant to be sassy, I meant to be, like, Beyonce, Sasha Fierce, when in actual fact, like, not every black woman lives up to that stereotype, and that's fine, because it's just a stereotype, you can be quiet, you can be nerdy, you can be a bookworm, you can be a hipster, like, you don't have to wear a 18-inch lace front wig, you don't, and it, you don't have to wear long nails, like you don't have to be those things. You can be just yourself. And if you are that stereotype and that's just you being your authentic self, that is fine. But you don't have to be that thing, I think is the Yeah, that's why I think like the take-home message is black women we are so multifaceted. Like we're not just one thing at all the time. There are days when I can say I feel super confident and sassy and I'm gassing myself. And there are times when I feel like really not confident and insecure and very quiet and very passive. And sometimes I'm in the middle. So this idea that as black women, we have to be two extremes. We either have to be very subordinate, passive, basically a servant, or we've got to be super Sasha fears, on fleek all that stuff um all the time again it, it puts a lot of pressure on us and especially when you have people who aren't from our community and they only see that that stereotype of that super sassy confident domineering she's got it together um perception of us always being um reinforced and they may think that Yeah, that's how black people are, black women are. And then when they encounter a black woman who doesn't fit that stereotype, they're almost labeled as awkward, weird, um, aloof, doesn't really care, not competent. All those negative labels because you don't fit a negative stereotype, the irony. Um, So it's, it's just about kind of owning who you are. And if you are a loud, vivacious, charismatic, bubbly, life-of-the-party black woman, that is fine. But if you're not, equally, that's fine too. And we shouldn't feel like we have to live up to these stereotypes, you know, because we need to be our true self. And I think that's what I'm learning now. I can't say I'm 100% there, but for me, owning my introversion and knowing what my strengths are, knowing what things I need to work on, knowing what my weaknesses are, is so empowering, because it means that I'm not, like, throughout my second, throughout, no, my university, like, I had, like, a poster on my wall saying, like, fake it till you make it, and I basically used to fake being confident, fake being, like, um, extroverted, and let me tell you, that was the most tiring thing, like, you almost feel like you're being a fraud, like, you can't be yourself, and like I said, like, at times I am confident naturally in certain situations, and I feel great, and then there's times I'm not, so it's just, and I feel like every human being is that way, and putting all that pressure on yourself to be that fake version of yourself, like, it's okay to aspire to be better, but when you're not being your true self and you're masking yourself it ties into the huge impact it has on black young black women's mental health and what will happen in what happens is it builds up it builds up you're trying to meet these expectations be these stereotypes and then what will happen is you will break and when i say break you will try to maybe harm yourself you may want to commit suicide you may want to drop out of university, your relationships are affected, like all those things pile up and that's the result and you'll end up, you know, just feeling low, depressed and there's no surprise why you see in some mental health hospitals in London a overrepresentation of black women because That's the only time we're able to catch them when they're at their worst, at the most acute, as opposed to them being able to access support and help earlier on, which would prevent them being in hospital, sectioned in an environment that is not very conducive to their mental health. And I will definitely dedicate a podcast on how black women and women in general under this pressure can access mental health support um, in times of crisis, but also access and support early, so you don't have to wait until you get into a crisis, if that makes sense, um, because there is support out there, but again, especially within our community, stigma within and stigma outside, it puts a lot of black women off in accessing help, you know, because it's seen as a weakness. So. I'll definitely talk a lot more in a podcast about, you know, how we can look at accessing um, help for our mental health early so we can avoid these crises um, within our life because it is very traumatic. okay guys this podcast went on for a lot longer than I expected but it just like indicates how deep this issue is and like I feel like I could have gone on for hours and hours but um yeah just to summarise like this podcast just looked at where I felt like my introversion came from in terms of my cultural background and, and I'm not at all saying that If you are from a Caribbean background, you're automatically going to predispose your children to being an introvert. Because A, being an introvert is not terrible. It's challenging, but there's also strengths. And second of all, other experiences, etc., may mean that you will develop extrovert characteristics as opposed to introvert. So it's not just, you know... um, so clear cut, if you're from that background, you're going to be introvert. For me, I'm saying, personally, I feel like my experiences growing up in a Caribbean background definitely predisposed me to developing introvert tendencies, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's always interesting to see where, you know, your characteristics come from, like from early childhood. Um, But yeah, thanks for listening. Um, And yeah, I'm really enjoying like making these podcasts and I will hopefully make another episode next week. But thanks for listening and take care and have a great week. Bye. <music>